This is What The Flux. I'm Brett. And I'm Justin. And it's Tuesday, the 10th of May. Justin, the crew at Macquarie Bank must be high-fiving left, <laughs> right, and centre. That's because profits are up 56% to $4.7 billion. Wow. And it's good news for their CEO. She took home $25.8 million in remuneration this financial year. Very big. Listen to this one. JobKeeper saved 812,000 jobs during COVID. That's according to a new university report that's just come out. Which uni? It's the Australian National University, B-Man. Nice. And given this program cost the government $89 billion, this means it costs around $113,000 per annual job saved. Wow, Justin. Three fascinating stories today. Let's do it. For our first, TPG Telecom, the third largest telco in Australia, mm-hmm. has sold its entire footprint of mobile towers and rooftop infrastructure for nearly $1 billion. Wowee. Another one bites the dust, Brett. What is the story? So in case you forgot, Jazzy Boy, TPG Telecom is a combo of TPG mm-hmm. and Vodafone after the two merged together back in 2020. And now the merged company is looking to shed a couple of kilos. (laughs) You see, TPG Telecom owns a whole heap of mobile towers and infrastructure to run its networks. But now, no longer. The TPG crew just sold the entire mobile tower and rooftop infrastructure network for a lazy $950 million. That makes TPG the third big player to sell off their passive infrastructure assets. That'd be after Telstra and Singtel, aka Optus, did it last year too. And listen to this, Justin, it's all part of the plan to monetize their ownerships in their tower networks and become asset light. So what is the key learning here? An asset light business model is where a company owns fewer capital assets compared to the value of its operations. What this means is to be asset light, companies generally need to start with few assets or transfer or even sell off their large assets to other owners. Give me an example of some assets that might be sold off, Brad. Well, we'd be talking things like processes, <laughs> technology, infrastructure, even people. And this helps the business run faster. Or it could help cut the dead weight to focus on its core capabilities. For example, Brett, in the US, big telco companies went asset light years ago to prioritise software and service investments. Also, European telcos followed suit a little bit after that. And now it looks like Aussie telcos are starting to catch up. And when $950 million hits TPG Telecom's bank account, (laughs) which can be invested elsewhere in the business, they're probably not complaining. Mm -mm. For our second story, Gucci, the luxury brand, is going to start accepting cryptocurrencies in some of its stores to drive sales and obviously be in with the cool crowd. (laughs) Father, son and house of crypto. (laughs) Tell me more here, Justin. Okay, so Gucci sells high-end handbags, clothes, shoes for a hefty amount. And if you didn't know before, you probably know it now from the huge Lady Gaga film named House of Gucci. And Brett, this crew are big fans of Web3. They've got two Gucci NFT projects and a Gucci Discord. They've even been developing digital real estate on The Sandbox, which is a kind of blockchain real estate platform. And now they're planning to accept crypto payments in some US stores at the end of this month. We're talking anything from Bitcoin, Ethereum, Shiba Inu, and even Dogecoin. And it looks to be part of a wider trend here, Justin, of luxury fashion houses getting ahead of the crypto curve. Mm -hmm. So what is the key learning here? As the cost of living rises and discretionary spending slows down, luxury businesses are looking for new draw cards to attract customers. And Brett, when times are tough, often the first things to go out the door are discretionary purchases. You know, the non-essentials. Clothes, handbags, fancy dinners out, the finer things in life. (laughs) But here's the thing, luxury brands like Louis Vuitton or Gucci or Chanel, they tend to increase their 
their prices at least once a year. And this may be a little challenging when people start to tighten their purse strings. But by offering new ways to pay, Gucci isn't just keeping up with the tech times, it might just be enticing new and existing shoppers to check them out. Cool. For our third and final story, Shell, Europe's largest energy company, has recorded a record 9.1 billion US dollar profit. Wow. And it's all thanks to rising energy prices and major cost cuts. Bigger news than Paris Hilton and the Irwins linking up for the Uber Eats ad. Justin, <laughs> am I right? Tell me more. Very right. Shell is Europe's largest energy company. It's founded back in 1907 and now employs nearly 90,000 people around the world. Fun fact for you, Justin. It's actually called Shell because the founder used to import oriental seashells. <laughs> Great fun fact for a team meeting, Brad. <laughs> but fast forward to today and Shell has just reported its biggest ever quarterly profit. We'd be talking adjusted earnings of 9.1 billion US dollars for the first three months of the year. That's triple, I repeat, triple the 3.2 billion it earned a year earlier. But it ain't all good news for Shell. As a result of their massive profits, US and UK lawmakers are calling for a windfall tax on energy giants. So what is the key learning here, Justin? A windfall tax is a tax imposed on companies by governments when those companies achieve insane profits. Generally, it's thanks to some positive economic conditions. The idea behind the windfall tax is to redistribute those excess profits for the benefit of society in general. You know, pump this money back into the country to tackle the climate crisis or the rising cost of living. But Justin, it's a little controversial. Some reckon that windfall taxes actually reduce the company's incentive to seek profits. And may even cause large companies to leave the country and seek out a country with more favourable tax laws. All we know is that the whole energy sector is largely booming right now and there ain't no end in sight. Mm -hmm. Justin, one of the great feelings in life is rocking up to a meeting and feeling like you're smarter than everyone there because you listen to What The Flux. It's that ultimate smug feeling when you know a fact (laughs) that nobody else knows. Flux fam, if you're loving the pod, just a reminder to hit follow. Thanks for listening and we'll see you tomorrow.